When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, good morning, wherever in the world you are, wherever you are tuning in from. I do hope you can hear me okay. I've just had a couple of technical issues, which is why I was a few minutes late, so I apologize for that. Well, uh, in the last 24 hours or so, we've heard from uh, Rafa Nadal for the first time since um, since he gave that press conference back in june 2nd of june and he even highlighted that i think um during his interview uh, the interview was given in spanish he's also done a second interview which i've seen today in spanish newspaper ass uh that is not a bad word uh coffee sip it's actually the name of the newspaper as so i think i'm going to need that for what's going to come because we do have a bit of an epic episode today oh great you can hear me and nice to see you about madrid so i'm basically just going to go through the interview that he gave to movistar plus i am not a native speaker but i have been living breathing learning and drinking the language of spanish for the best part of 10 years now so uh let's get into it the the one with Movistar, we'll begin with that one, and then we will have a quick glance at us uh, before the end of the show. And I will come to your comments at the end of the show. But um, while I go through the process, I'll focus on what Rafa had to say. And then I'll come back to the comments at the end and see what you have to make of it. And I'll do my best to address those thoughts, questions, and concerns. And do get voting in our poll uh, in the meantime. And do hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if you are new. Okay. Let's get to it. The Movistar program began with a, a montage, basically, of various parts of Rafa's career, as we can see here, um, uh, going through parts of his career. Certain highlights, and Rafa was then basically wheeled out or, or brought to the front. Here we have uh, the presenter of the show, um, Juanma, I should remember Juan, uh, yeah, Juan Manuel Castaño, I believe. Yes, Juanma Castaño. He's a well-known uh, British, uh, sorry, Spanish sports presenter. That's a good start, isn't it? Remember which country it is. Um, 
<laughs> I said I was going to address your comments at the end, Ghosty, and I, I, I will, but, but that's quite funny. Um, cool. So he gave these comments to Movistar Plus, and we're just going to have a quick, uh, you know, few thoughts on those today. Uh, I'm actually going to probably play them through my phone. That probably makes most sense while I then take you through them. Um, let me know how you all are in the chat, and I promise I will address your questions and concerns at the end. Uh, yeah, Bluetooth is on. Good. So yeah, here's the presenter. Uh, just before, as I say, we had we had a few little moments from his career. Uh, as you can see, that's the beginning of the interview there. Um, cool. Now I. The music, by the way, is pretty cool. So during the montage, uh, he was just given some sort of highlights of his career, Grand Slam wins, of course, Masters 1000s and some Davis Cup heroics. Um, the presenter begins by just saying, you know, hi, we are here in the central of sports here at Movistar. And hi, Rafa, how are you? I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm happy. You've come here to play golf with Pau Gasol, right? Pau Gasol is a basketball player. It's for the Banco Santander, his foundation. Are you much better than Pau at golf? Pau is a basketball star from Spain who plays in the US. How do you feel about playing golf? Uh, he says, by the way, ask Pau for how good I am at golf. But of course, in the last few months, I haven't played golf at all. So, yeah, you can imagine that, um, of course, because of the, the hip impact on, on that too. And uh, yeah, so there we go. Okay. Do get voting in our poll, by the way, as to whether you uh, think we will see Rafa Nadal again this year or next, or maybe not at all. He has also given another interview to ASS, which I'll address at the end. That's a Spanish newspaper, by the way. So, yeah, he's asked about this um, golf foundation event that he played with uh, Pau Gasol in Santander. It's a kind of obviously a nice little warmer to introduce the interview. I don't know much about Pau Gasol, but so the golf event was in Santander in the north of Spain. Uh, obviously, Rafa lives in Mallorca, but he's on the mainland right now, giving a few interviews first since November. So first since um, since June. 
So I haven't had the opportunity to play golf really since June. I do enjoy it though. Now the presenter says we've had so many, we've been looking forward to speak to you for a long time. Eight months since you played, the presenter says, in Australia. And you've, it's four months now since you gave that press conference in Mallorca. Now, of course, there was the chance of playing the Davis Cup, but that's gone now with Spain eliminated. So the presenter then shows a, a kind of a letter. It's kind of written in a sort of, it's done in a sort of very romantic way. The presenter then uh, shows a, a few clips of, of him writing a letter to, uh, let's see if we can see this. We then see, yeah, um, basically the presenter then writes a letter and it's like going through some of his career highlights and this is why we wanted to talk to you. So I'm going to talk about that now. Picks up a pen. For us, we're feeling this eternally, is the letter that he's writing. This year, Roland Garros missed you. It's a really big miss without watching you fight against the clay and the wind and the conditions. The admiration of the public in Paris, 14 titles there. And of course, 22 altogether. You've, you've fought against everything, he writes. We want to see you continue to fight and enjoy. We want to see you return like the day and the night as we see this image here of, of Wimbledon. And we want to see you return with the same hunger. We want to see you do the impossible. We're going to see you lying on the ground in victory, emotional for these emotions. We're just seeing some of the moments of him falling to the floor. For us, it's eternal. He finishes the letter. So, uh, then we kind of get into the interview As you can see, some of these images on the, on the And there's the sort of letter that he was penning that they would occasionally go to with some emotional... Okay, cool. Let's get into the interview itself. That was kind of all. How do you see your life in the last four months? Different phases, he says. When I was in the academy the last time, giving the press conference, I didn't know if I was going to recover. That's the reality. Um, basically, I needed a, a break. I needed a, 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 some time away. Because, because it's, it was... Basically, a really difficult, hard 
18 months from Indian Wells in 2022 when I injured my rib playing against uh, Carlos Alcaraz in the semi-final until basically the press conference in Mallorca. So that period, year and a half more or less, I didn't have a single moment of tranquility. That's the reality. The day-by-day training was very difficult, very hard. Uh, and finally, I couldn't go to Valongaus. And I had to stop to recover. We were analyzing everything in the psoas, the hip, where he had the injury from Australia. I couldn't return for any period of time. I had an operation. It was a good operation. I can't play Roland Garros and I had to disconnect. It was an important operation. So there were some months, you know, just recuperating and and doing, you know, nothing to do with sport or tennis. But after, okay, I had time with my family to go traveling for five weeks. I enjoyed Five weeks traveling, uh, the uh, presenter sort of says, five weeks traveling, oh, nice. Were you training during that five weeks? I mean, I did did go to the gymnasium, but <laughs> how, do you, how do you disconnect, Rafa? Well... The, the hours during the day for me to disconnect are completely different. It's my way of escaping. I think he went to Greece, by the way. I had a good time. With my family, of course. He was away from his mobile phone, he said, and even the TV. To really just. Have, did you watch any tennis? You don't like to watch tennis, the interviewer says. Just for no reason. Uh, I can pass the page very quickly, he says.
if I'm not there, I'm not, I'm not watching much. I want to be in peace. So I don't watch the places where I'd like to be, of course. Of course, many times in my life or in my career, I've had to, you know, miss tournaments. I wanted to have the disconnection. I wanted to disconnect. I did watch the final of Wimbledon, he says. <laughs> For those of you joining in the chat, I can see Ghosty and Sean. I will address your uh, points at the end. And, uh, yeah, I'll get to them at the end of the say. Uh, please do hit the subscribe button in the meantime. But, um, yeah, I'll come to you, your points at the end. I do promise you that. But, um, but for now, I'll just focus on the interview. So he watched the Wimbledon final. I did watch the US Open final too. You see, if it's not that I don't like to watch tennis. It's just that... If I started watching it, then I wouldn't be disconnected. Of course, I, I can't dislike something that I've been doing all my life. Ghosty, I didn't know you'd liked and subscribed. How about that? Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh Cool. So, back to the interview. You haven't changed your character then, the interviewer asks. The, the pain that I was having on a daily basis was was the only thing that would change my character. I feel good, but mentally I feel good. But I was, of course, sadder in the past with with so much pain. The foot, he now mentions the foot for the first time. Like sometimes he couldn't leave home. I'm just going to go back on that one just to get the clarity on what he said about the foot. Honestly, the, the pain in my foot. I was sadder during this time. I had a really bad foot. It wouldn't let me live calmly sometimes i couldn't leave home but this happens this happens it's really difficult to be happy when you have this much pain right now i have a a, a pain controlled let's say 
anyway, it's a part of my life. I don't have a concrete plan right now. I have dreams. But it, what's your dream? Okay, so we've got quite an important moment here. The 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 interviewer rightly sort of just sort of says, "What? So what? What are your ilusión? Is the Spanish word, which is like, what do you? What are your dreams? What are your hopes? What do you expect?" Um, and Rafa does say, "I, I want to come back to play." You have an a dream. I want. I want to be competitive. I guess that's one of the key lines. I know we've seen plenty on social media. One of the reasons I'm doing this, by the way, is just because I think it's quite important that we get all the context and uh, all the words. I'm I'm not really going to interpret what he's saying. That I'll leave up to you. Listen, I I I you know I, I want to return. I want to play. But I don't want to give you the the idea that I'm returning to win the French Open or Australian Open. I don't want to confuse the people, the fans, um, with with this notion. I'm not going to say it's impossible. But, you know, the things change very quickly in sport. But I'm not a dreamer. Um, I'm a realist. I will face the difficulties that I have to face. W one thing that you cannot avoid uh, that is um, unavoidable um, basically, is is your age. But, you know, at the moment, I, I the physical issues don't mean I can train still have that illusion though to return to play and be competitive but let's see um let's see where i am this is not the moment by the way when he talks about november i think that's probably one of the few things that i have not seen covered too much we'll come to that in a second but he does talk about November being a big moment, let's say in about two months, but we'll, we'll come to that shortly. I'm still in the process of recovery. Okay, so actually I think the, the press conference was in May. Uh, I apologize, not in, in June. Um, so the presenter now says, you said in May that 2024, 2024 was going to be your last year. 
So that's what you said in that press conference in Mallorca. And then Rafa sort of slightly corrects the presenter by saying, listen, I said possibly. It's possibly my ultimate, my last year. Possibly it'll be my last year, he repeats. I can't confirm anything 100% right now. And on that topic, make sure you get voting in the poll. I do think that there are a million possibilities um, uh, that, that could end up playing out. I think, but then he does address it again. He does say that uh, I think there's many chances, many possibilities that next year will be my last year. Because at the end, how is my body? But I'm open to all possibilities, though. Now the, the presenter then asks, have you sort of planned out, have you got a drawing? Do you imagine uh, how your, you know, your final months or year or so on tour will be? What's the plan? You must have preferences, is the, the presenter is saying. Do you have it? So finally, sort of, are you clear on what you want to do in 2024? No, he says, I'm not clear. For me, the way it's, you know, there's a chance that I don't recover my career. He says, maybe I can't be competitive. You know, or maybe I can be competitive, but not at a great level. I, I mean, he says, he's basically giving out some sort of negative possibilities um but again also stops and says look i you know i do hope that that doesn't turn out that way that i that i that any plan i could possibly say to you you know might not materialize so I, I, you know it's just impossible he just i just don't know I, I, honestly i don't feel the necessity to respond or think about, uh, you know, a plan or a route. Okay, here we come to that, that, that line that I don't think is reported too much, but I think for me, it was one of the biggest takeaways 
from the interview, which was uh, about the next two months. So 2024 is just too far away, but I hope that in the next two months, I can have a clearer answers to where I am. Um, so there may be a, another Manacor press conference in in Manacor in, in Mallorca to look forward to in November. That's my words, by the way, not not his about the press conference in November. But yes, yeah, so I'll have a uh, hopefully I have a much clearer idea. Uh, he says inside the next two months, but he then sort of specifies sort of November, and I'm guessing about the middle of November. I'm training 40 minutes a day, three days a week. One thing that I don't think has been addressed, I get the impression he's not picked up a racket. And that would be a question I would have liked to have asked him, but I don't think he's picked up a racket since May. For those of you coming in the chat, I will address your concerns and questions at the end. That's me talking, by the way, not Rafa. <laughs> you know, but he does repeat that I do want to play again and at the maximum level I can. Of course, though, we are thinking about so again the presenter now says you know we are thinking pro primarily about clay the clay tournaments barcelona madrid roland garros and of course next year this is the presenter suggesting you know next year of course the olympics will be in paris also on clay in roland garros I'm just realistic, Rafa says, but yeah, I would like, I would like to play there. But okay, so he's talking about his calendar for next year. Um, okay, this is this is interesting stuff. And this is quite clear for me. So he then says, um, if, let's say, around this time of the clay courts beginning, clay court tournaments are beginning in, in, I guess, about April, May, uh, the aforementioned tournaments, including Rome, of course, uh, but also then with one eye on, on the Olympics next year, which will be obviously a couple of months after Roland Garros. He says, basically, if, if I think at that period I do have a chance of, of winning Roland Garros, so here's a positivity, it's a positivity for uh, Nadal fans. If I do have the possibility, that will affect my calendar. And so therefore it might affect the tournaments that he plays or doesn't play before and then after. Possibly even having a lighter, you know, I think in a way, you, you if you see him at every tournament in those Spanish tournaments in particular, <coughs> in Barcelona, Madrid, actually it might mean that he doesn't think he can win Roland Garros. If you see him being very selective at the clay court tournaments beforehand, maybe just playing one or two before Roland Garros, it may mean that he thinks he has a possibility of going far. Anyway, 
I will have to choose which tournaments to play, he says, if I'm in a condition where I could win Roland Garros. And I have to ignore sort of sentiments at that point. I have to think about what will take me to the best chance of winning Roland Garros. We would like to know, the presenter says, where would you like to play your last match? I don't know, he says. I just don't know. Are you, do you mean my official last match of tennis? I just don't know where I could be able to. So now he says, look, um, you know, I said that 2024 will possibly be, or we're getting an idea, it will probably be uh, his last year. But what about if I feel good, you know, next year? And I have a complete recovery. I just don't know. You know, suddenly I'm feeling good. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say one thing now and then and then have a different. So just imagine that I have a you know a, a great recovery in 2024. I feel really good. You know, I don't want to say one thing now and then do another thing later. I'm just not thinking about that, my last match, for example, where it will be. It all depends on my physical situation and that will decide where I am mentally. Okay, so now we're going on a slightly different track from the presenter, uh, talking about the Grand Slam race. So, of course, now Djokovic has 24, you have 22. How do you feel? Nothing, he says. What I've said always. Just going to go back a second on this just so I get it clear. You know, the fans are talking about this. Djokovic, 24, you and 22. How do you feel? Nothing, he says. I feel what I've said always. You know, are you asking me? Are you asking me if I would like to have the most Grand Slams in history? Of course. Without a doubt, of course. This is sport to try and do the best possible. Has it been an obsession for me? Does it frustrate? Not a, not neither. It doesn't neither. At, at the end,
I cannot be frustrated. I cannot. This is something he said before. You know, you can't be frustrated. You can't be looking at what other people have if somebody has a bigger car than you or whatever. The life. I've done everything I can within my possibilities. Now the uh, the interviewer uh, says to Rafa. You can't be frustrated, of course, with 22 Grand Slams. It's, in, it's, it's impossible to be frustrated with 22 Grand Slams. Rafa says, yes, it's possible. For example, I think Novak, in this way, in this meaning, In this way, for Novak, for him, it would have been a frustration not to get it. But maybe that's why he achieved it. Do you, and then, okay, so now the interviewer says, do you think he was more anxious for that? You know, do you think he, you know, was such a, a, a big thing? Yeah, I think so, Rafa says. I think... the ambition... and a, a really ambitious person You know, maybe that's why he achieved it. But anyway, I have my way of life. We have different ways of life. We live different ways. I didn't live in this way. No, but I, but I'm. I'm happy. But would I would I change anything? Would I like to change anything? Yeah, I'd like to change many things. I would like to change many things in my career. I would like to maybe have protected myself physically. And now the, the, the presenter says, did you play too much? No, I didn't play too much. No, I didn't play too much. I played. No, I didn't play too much. You know, when I was younger, I played a lot of more tournaments. But it's many years since I played every tournament on tour.
Okay. Okay. Now, now the presenter says, do you know how many grand slams you missed? And Rafa says, no, I don't know how many. 14, um, the presenter says. Do you know how many Federer missed? 10. So Rafa says, no, of course. Um, and the presenter says, 10. Do you know how many Djokovic has missed? And Rafa says, almost none. Just one for injury. Djokovic has missed. Of course, they are not highlighting the ones he's missed due to his COVID status. So actually, they do then highlight. He says, well, two for his COVID status and one through injury. You know, I've missed, now Rafa's talking, yeah, I've missed four and a half years of my career. Yeah, almost, and then the presenter says, almost five years of your career through injury. That's the reality, he says. But that's part of sport as well. That doesn't mean anything, Rafa says. I did what I could, and I'm here. He then talks about, uh, you know, maybe winning three more Grand Slams, but he says, no, 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 that's that's very unlikely. Listen, all the decisions I took, I took in the moment, thinking what was the best decision for my career. Hey, what do you think about now, again, a different sort of direction? Hey, what do you think about Carlos Alcaraz, um, Rafa? Do you see, so again, this is towards Rafa, the presenter saying, do you see a projection for him? Do you see, you know, and you know, unbelievable moments in the future for him? Are we are we jumping the gun? Are we being a bit early here to look at comparisons and uh, you know to see this possible incredible career ahead? Rafa says no, it's logical. With a new with a new player on tour, and he's already reaching world number one, and he's won two Grand Slams. It's not an exaggeration. He has the youth, he has the potential. He has big possibilities. But of course, many things can happen. But of course, he has huge potential.
of course he won't be this is Rafa now saying I, I can't be too clear on on his future or his career but he just he just needs to keep improving and he is if he continues improving always and stays motivated and you know he has an unbelievable projection if he achieves those things i mean for me it was always about just improving improving every day yeah that was always my ambition some days i didn't improve but that was always my ambition Do you now he's being asked by the presenter? Do you do you miss the arena, the, the the courts, the fans? Look, he says. It's really difficult to explain, Rafa says. It's really difficult to put into words. What Right now, it's probably a bit too early for me to say whether I miss it. You know, ask me in the future how much I miss it. But it's, of course, if I can't come back, I will miss it hugely. Now it's just going back to this point about, um, so that's the presenter just going back to the point about 40 minutes a day, you know, three days a week training. So I'm just going back on this because it's also quite an important moment for the interview. So, so yeah, the presenter sort of wants to go back on this point about 40 minutes a day training three days a week, um, I'm a bit being specific. So he's asked about this 40 minutes training, which I, again, I believe with is without a racket. It's in the gym uh, because then actually Rafa does say it's boring. It bores me. You know, I, I want to play tennis. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, yeah, of course it's boring. <laughs> 40 minutes in the gym. I want to pick up a ball. But I don't put the same intensity into training as I do practicing or playing. But I have to be patient. But it's always bored me. 
you know, in my, it's not just now, I, I, the gym 40 minutes has always bored me. Do you, now we're going off in a different direction, do you maintain a relationship with the players on tour? You know, Djokovic, Federer, or whatever. Or are you a person that sort of, when you leave the tour, you disconnect? No, I haven't sent Djokovic a, a message recently. I can see lots of comments in the chat. I will address them at the end. We're coming towards the end of the interview now. But no, the reality is I'm not in touch with many people on tour. Yeah, I've sent Carlos a couple of messages when he's won big titles. But I'm not really in touch with anyone on the on the tour. You know. I'm obviously from an older generation. You know, so I'm still in touch with Federer. Okay, now the interview asks about Federer's kids coming to his academy. No, they just came for one day. They And I didn't what? They were doing many different sports there. This is Federer's kids. How old is your child now? Almost a year, he says. I'm just going to go back on this because I didn't quite hear it. You've got a child, almost one year, right? Yeah. Has he had a racket in his hand? No, not yet. No. I haven't done a photo with, with him with a racket, no. But if he... If he does pick up a racket, he'll just do it like he does with spoons, which is just throw them. Listen, I've always liked kids, he says. And of course, if it's one of mine, even more. Do you sleep well? Does, or does, hang on a second. Does, so now it's also about the, the baby. Do you rest well? Do you sleep well? If I need to sleep well, if I need to rest well, I do. You know, I'm a father with him a lot at home. And how is a day of yours uh, just a normal day for you? So from nine until two, I'm normally working in the academy. You know, I, that, of course, would include 40 minutes in the gym.
And then at two o'clock, I'll return home. Also, if I can have the chance to play golf. Do you compete when playing golf? Yeah, yeah, I'm competitive. It's a good distraction for me, he says. But yeah, I do like to compete. But I have many things to do. Sometimes I'm here. Sometimes I'm doing things for Banco Santander or... Okay, future, longer future. How do you see things? Oh, he just does quickly say that golf is the only thing he can play competitively at the moment. No, I don't have long-term plans or... What attracts you most? Is there a... Is there... Ah, okay. Now he's just being asked about, you know, whether he'd like to be a coach of a player. Yeah, why not? But... Yeah, some weeks maybe, but maybe not a whole year. You know, I love tennis. It will always be a big part of my life. <laughs> now, now uh, the, the interview goes off in a very different direction uh, with, um, hey, uh, what about becoming president of uh, Real Madrid football club, soccer club? Do, if, I, if I want to be, he says. Hmm? Is you know what happens? You, I don't know. You know what? I don't know. I, I would like a response. He says, "I I saw. Listen now. The presenter saying, "Look, I saw the pause. I saw a silence when I asked the question, which makes me think that yeah, something's happening." Is it in your dreams? No, no. If if I would, it's not in my dream, but if I would like, maybe, yeah. But before anything, many things. After? It's difficult to tell tomorrow. Never mind far in the future. I think I would like to, yeah. President of Real Madrid. I don't know if I have the capacity, though. Has Florentino ever asked you? Florentino Perez, the president of Real Madrid? No, 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 he's never asked me. I don't want to say something that will go out into the press right now and 
you know, I'm a member. That's it. A member of, and I see it in the stadium. Now he's just talking about football, soccer. It's just the beginning of the season. Yeah, and he's just talking about injuries for the football team, Courtois and, and other players that are injured. So he's talking about soccer right now. So for those of you tuning into Talking Tennis, we are just have Rafa Nadal talking about soccer. Football, as we would call it elsewhere, outside of the US and Australia. You know, Bellingham was a spectacular signing, he said. Bellingham, he says, spectacular. So there we go for English soccer fans. There's there's a quote for you. Rafa Nadal says uh, Bellingham was a spectacular signing. Bellingham has scored many goals already at the beginning of his time in Madrid. Oh, and now he's asked, do you like Mbappe? Yeah, of course. Who doesn't like Mbappe? Welcome to Talking Soccer, by the way. We have just got a couple more minutes on this. If, of course, he returns to the topic of tennis or, or says something big, I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, the last sort of five minutes of this interview, just he's talking about, yeah, of course, I would like for Mbappe to sign for Madrid. Uh, comments, by the way, keep them coming in. I will be addressing them in a minute because we are coming towards the end of the interview. Okay, now there's just sort of some messages um, from people and fans and i think we're coming to the end yep it's been a pleasure he says to speak with you um etc 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 so back to you guys uh he has also given an interview as i said earlier in the spanish newspaper um as or as as it's called in spain and uh, he said some more interesting things uh, there as well. We'll have a quick uh, look at that um, interview as well. Uh, let me just see if I can find it very quickly for you. Uh, here we go. So uh, I'll share this with you on the screen, and I will just spend a couple of minutes. Oh, so the the headline here in in asses um is if i'm going to be competitive and enjoy it's because i don't want to put limits on it um is the the headline here so we can just see that one too let's let's though focus on the one he gave to to movistar and uh just come back to you in the chat before we bring this to a close there's been lots and lots of comments there so I will be addressing them. Thanks, Ghosty, for tuning in as well. And all of you, we'll just spend another few minutes just having a quick look at this. Um, 
just having a quick look here, Ryan, does it does it kill him? I don't think it kills him. Um, but I probably would agree that, you know, uh, it probably does uh, annoy him a little bit more than he would confess. I do remember Rafa saying, for example, the Team Djokovic final of uh, Australia in 2020 that he wanted Dominic team to win. So I think that uh, that tells you something. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Ghosty there, making questions about the side, the interviewer. Um, to be honest with you, Ghosty, I would say until this interview, I was still a bit more focused on the hit, but you may have a point. I know it's been a speculation amongst one or two sports journalists. I don't know how close their contact are that the foot is still the issue, and it might well be the one that finishes his career. Um, Sean there, if he wins another uh, major, it'll be a miracle. I agree uh, that would be a miracle, but then there have been one or two others in his career. Um, <laughs> I think it's a bit more than two hours. But yeah, no, he went to Greece. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 discover the rest of the world one day, Ghosty, when, when we get out of our little circle. Um, if there were members that Rafa watches tends to do uh, things... Um, I, listen, I know she came to his academy to to give a presentation and a speech earlier this year, so maybe he he, he does that. But uh, as I, as he said during the interview, he barely um, has barely watched tennis in the last few months, other than a couple of Grand Slam finals. Okay, um, yeah, I, I think you're right there. I think the media training is something. Uh, Rodrigo, by the way, suggesting that the interview was disgraceful. Um, interesting uh take hi nerland by the way um and hi rodrigo too uh and also sean um yeah ivan i think we'd all like one more i think we'd all like one more of those interestingly of course they have a head-to-head -head, which i think is 29 28 in Djokovic's favor so it's just one between them uh, i'm sure for rafa fans they'd like it to be on a um on clay whereas i'm sure uh Djokovic fans would like it to be on any other surface pretty much but hardcore probably even more um some faulty towers references there interesting okay um yeah i i, I think i get that i think it's just because <laughs> i think with curious because he hasn't got so many trophies it's probably more viable does that make sense ghosty i think it does um um So, uh, thank you as well, Zainab, for your um, uh, your comment there as well. Great to have you on board. Make sure you hit the like button and don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you are new. We are just bringing this to an end. Uh, do check out this article if you can, of course, which is today. So, I think he's given two interviews, one to Ass and one uh, to, um, to Movistar. Movistar being the bigger one, but there's been another interview today with a, a newspaper uh, in Spain. So make sure you check that one out. And of course, you can all copy and paste and put it into whatever translation website of preference you have. Um, a, a lot, some things repeating here. Um, and he actually, there's just something here from uh, in, in Ask that he's just talking about, which is, um, you know, will you be returning to to train? Have you returned to train? You know, with your team? Uh, and he says, Yeah, I'm with my team every day. Um, uh, but working really in the gymnasium and rehab rehabilitation. Um, sometimes with double sessions in the morning and the, and the afternoon. 
anyway, check that newspaper article out. We'll just return to the chat uh, just one more time just to see if there's any more things I can address there. And in the meantime, do make sure you hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Um, I think so, Ghost. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. You do see there's a body language moment as well when he sort of points like this. And I think probably body language, it's the, maybe the most important thing, which, yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a great one, Ghosty. I like that. Uh, yeah, and sorry about the soccer references, but that's just how the, the Spanish media obviously wanted to take it, and they wanted to get some quotes to see if he was into that. Um <laughs> and now some in, some talks about some of the events going on in in Asia. Okay, listen, uh, that's the translation done of the interview. I of course I didn't get every single word and I couldn't do everything, but I, I think I got the majority. Hopefully, it gives a bit more context to uh, to that interview you gave with Movistar. Um, all the stuff, you know, like and subscribe and all the rest of it. And um, we'll be back with you soon. More shows to come. Going to be speaking to Gemma Stevenson later on today uh, about the wheelchair tournaments in the US recently, of course, and also a broader look at wheelchair tennis in general. That'll be coming up in a couple of hours. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, and also I think tomorrow we're going to do some double stuff as well. Sorry about the delay in terms of obviously those tournaments finishing about a month or so ago. Sorry, a month ago. It wasn't that long ago, 10 days ago, but it's just been a very busy 10 days. And, uh, yeah, we'll be catching up on the wheelchair tennis and the doubles tennis from New York um, today and tomorrow. So make sure you like and subscribe and all that other stuff. And I'm going to give you another reminder here as well. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Podcast Network.